Hello, and welcome to This Is The Day Ministries podcast series. I'm your host, Dr. Courtney Alexander-Harris. On today's episode, I'd like to walk you through the opening stages and concerns of opening a ministry. This is the day. Hello, hello, and welcome back. We are on episode four of season two and super excited about today's podcast. It's entitled Opening a Ministry. And some of this is applicable to opening a business. Um, I had a conversation with my kids about just, you know, being entrepreneurs and understanding what their skill sets are and continuing to to feed their brains, you know, feed their minds to to um, further feed those particular interests that they have. You know, uh, for example, like my daughter, she likes to bake. Uh, my other daughter likes um, creating. So I'm just encouraging them to feed that with different um, ideas from other people who are doing it or for other people that you may um, respect what they're doing, you know, in our younger generation, they're on the social media, so they're, they're seeing a lot of content, and I just want to encourage my kids, as I want to encourage you to know that you can um, absolutely do what you want to do in terms of uh, running a business, um, creating a product, what have you, if you would just be consistent. Um, nothing is going to come about by just a snap of a finger. You know, this isn't <laughs> I dream of genie. Um, this is real life, and you're going to have to put something in to whatever it is if you want to get something productive out, right? What you put in is what you get out, right? So, just opening a, a ministry. Um, I am a pastor, and I love the Lord with all my heart. I love that God um, loved us enough. As his creation to give us a new, another opportunity at living in this life, which which we ruined, right? If you know the, the story of Adam and Eve, you understand that the choices that Adam chose to make has had lasting impact on how we live today. Um, but by the grace of God, we can still live a blessed life. We can still feel a fulfilled life in this world that has fallen if we would just be obedient to what God has laid out in front of us. And absolutely, we understand that it, it is a struggle, um, but we also understand that we are we are to be doers of God's word, as James tells us, and not just hearers. Amen. So opening a ministry, this is where my family and I are. Um, the name of our ministry is This Is The Day Ministries, hence the name for the podcast. Um, we actually have a, a brick and mortar, and I'm so excited um, but in all of that excitement, there's a reality that there are some things that just need to be done. There are things that need to be done because we <laughs> live in, in, in the natural, right? We have to um, put a key to unlock a door. Uh, we have to dis, dis, uh, disarm the alarm by punching in a, a security code, right? We have to... Um, turn the light, flip the light switch to have the lights come on. You know, there there are just some things that have to be done in order for processes to move forward. And with opening in a ministry, there are um, a couple routes that you can go. One, either you're going to rent a facility 
right? This is what many, many ministries do. They either rent a gym from a, a local school or they rent um, a, a fellowship hall from a business or they rent <clears throat> another church and have their service um, either before or after or on another day than the existing ministry. So essentially, they're paying rent to utilize someone else's space, which is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with either of these two paths that I'm going to mention. But there's just some things that you need to know of what just comes along with it. So <clears throat> renting a space comes with, you know, you have a contract, just like renting an apartment. There's a lease. Um, there's a, a amount of time that you are expected to to uh, agree upon maintaining this space. And you have to understand that there is a, a rental amount that you're going to agree, whether it's 500 $1,000, $1,500, $2,000, $2,500, whatever the, the size of the space is, it's probably going to be a correlation to how much you're going to pay in rent. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and not just the size of the space, also the location, the, the, the edifice itself. I mean, is it run down or is it totally remodeled, et cetera? So there, there are a number of things that's going to play up part into how much you're actually going to pay for your monthly lease, your monthly uh, rent rental amount. Um, same thing if you own the, the building, whether, whether it's a residential space, because uh, some people do have ch church out of their home or they may buy a, a home and use it as a church in the community, or you are getting a commercial building. You have to understand that with that option, you're going to you're going to be paying a, a monthly amount similar to the lease, but you're going to have a mortgage. And the difference is at the end of this process, you're actually going to own the facility. Now, it may take uh, five, 10, 15, 30 year, you know, there are various terms for a mortgage. But at the end of the deal, you're going to own that particular piece of property. Now, moving on besides the building itself, some of the things that are, again, going to be common to either route of renting or owning is that you're going to have to file with the, the IRS as a business. You're going to have to obtain an EIN number. You're going to have to file um, articles of incorporation, um, specific documents for the church itself in terms of being becoming tax exempt, which... Uh, most people know it as becoming 501c3 approved. And then, but if you didn't know, this is on the IRS website. Technically, technically, a religious organization is automatically exempt. Now, the reason why people go through with the 501c3 status is for the tax exempt, which would come into when you're buying products or property taxes, etc., um, it also it makes it easier, as they say, um, <laughs> because we live in a world where things need to be proven. Um, if you want to to um, get a bank account and things like that, you're going to have to have some kind of documentation that you are registered as some type of religious organization to receive some of those other benefits or not benefits, things that you actually going to need um, if you want to have everything in the name of the institution. Um, and those are some of the things I just sort of ran into in the early stages of me uh, establishing our ministry. Praise God. Um, <clears throat> some other things that are going to be needed, obviously, a website, a social media presence, which, again, it's not mandatory. But again, in the age that we live in, having a website says, hey, um, we are here. This is our service time. These are the days we meet. 
This is um, who our leadership is, etc. Maybe even have sermons from the previous uh, sun uh, service, things like that. Um, a social media presence, again, it's going to be the same thing. But if you're talking about a Facebook, a TikTok, a, a Snapchat, a Instagram, it's probably going to be more to just share what the actual life of the church might look like because those other platforms are going to be primarily photo driven where something like a Facebook or a website, you can get more content in terms of wording if you so desire. Again, both of these are not mandatory, but these are just some things that I found to be part, just sort of part of the building process for um, getting our ministry ready to um, open, which is going to be few, uh, soon in a couple of weeks. Um, one thing to consider uh, is parking or accessibility to the facility. If you're renting a space, a commercial building <clears throat> or from another church, then parking or accessibility to the building is probably not going to be a concern. If it's a, com a commercial building that you're purchasing that maybe was used as something else prior to you obtaining the building, then it may it may or may not have a parking lot again, depending upon what it was. So that's just something to consider or look into or while considering this to be the building for your ministry. Again, this is something that I had to, to look at as well. And I didn't know to really think about that prior to. Um, obviously, you know, you need furniture, you need equipment for the ministry. Uh, again, the difference between the two is if you're renting a, a facility from another church, again, they're likely going to have everything that you need. Pews, um, more modern individual like conference type chairs. Um, they're probably going to have a PA, of course, um, instruments, maybe, maybe not. And then if you're on to own the facility, you're just you're the first one in there. It was a restaurant or what have you. Then you know that you're going to have to provide everything. It's going to need chairs. It's going to need flooring. It, it may even need some rehabbing, which means, you know, you have to fix some walls or maybe uh, structure the building in a way that fits your vision for that particular space. So just some things to consider. You know, sometimes we we are like deer in the headlights when we see something we like and it's something that we want to do. We, we kind of um, unintentionally forget about some of those other things that are necessary for us to accomplish um, with some level of ease what we want to do. So when we look past those things, it can be more difficult. So it, it's, it's definitely good to um, take take things like that into consideration beforehand. Also, um, have someone that you are in conversation with that you can run your excitement past and they can sort of steer you in and help you maybe see some things that you might have overlooked in your excitement, which again, it's not a, you know, it's not the end of the world, but you know, you just want to prepare well. And then of course, finally, or not finally, but because um, I'm sure there are some other probably minute details that you might want to consider. Did I mention signage? Um, of course, you need to be able to display the name of the church, right? You want the it to be seen from the from the street or from the highway or what have you. And then utilities. If you're renting, you know, water, electricity, gas, what have you, may be included in the rent. But if you own whether it's residential or or commercial, then you're going to have to consider that you have to pay a water bill, gas bill, electricity bill, our internet bill, a trash and sewage bill, uh, which in addition to your monthly 
mortgage. So again, having the finances to cover all of these expenses is important. Um, I don't believe in putting the the onus on the church for someone who says, you know, like myself, um, I, I believe God is okay with me per scripture, um, opening in the ministry, right? Be based upon what first Timothy three, one through seven says. So with that, you know, we, we don't want to place unnecessary burden on God's people. Right. And that's what some ministries do. And, and that's the kind of the rap that the church has for you being money hungry, right? You know, we hear people who who sort of stay away from church because it seems like when they go to church, you know, there's an offering for this, there's an offering for that, there's a, a fundraiser for this, a fundraiser for that, there's a, a extra a extra giving for this, there's a second offering, there's a third offering, etc. And it just seems like the entire service is geared around money. The preaching is around money. The everything just seems to be money, money, money driven. And that's not why we go to church at all. We go to church to be encouraged in the word of God so that we can come out into this battlefield and win and be victorious against the tricks of the enemy. That's why we go to church, to sharpen one another's fellowship, to be encouraged in the Lord. But, I, but many ministries, in my opinion, and from their own fruit, have shown that it's more about the money, the, the wealth, etc., than it is about the preaching of the word. Um, you can search YouTube and see all the churches that um, people sort of despise, whether they're believers or not, because they have a reputation for being about money. Um, I think <laughs> Cruffle Dollars Church is, is a church that um, has that reputation. And I've spoken to some people that have gone to the ministry and it, it, it seemed like it was a hostile environment. Um, but nevertheless, uh, my heart is simply to preach the word of God alone so that God's people are encouraged, especially in this time and that time and day that we find ourselves in with the scamdemic that has just passed with the war that's going on with the rise and push of feminism and homosexual agenda, uh, LGBT agenda. We must be able to go and be encouraged in the word of the Lord. And so that we can walk around in this world that we live in unafraid because God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So the, going back to the finally of all those natural things that need to be done, there's one more thing, um, in terms of opening the ministry, <clears throat> because again, we don't need just anyone opening the ministry. We need, <clears throat> we need men who understand the role of being a pastor, <clears throat> the role of being a, a elder, a bishop. And with that understanding, being able to help God's people and understanding, again, what church is about. Right. We don't need any games. We don't need any pimps. We don't need any money pushers, etc. We don't need any people taking advantage of women and single women and young ladies, young girls. We don't need any of that. There are a number of stories out there. Uh, including the Roy's report. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, Julie Roy's. She does a column and she's always um, putting out stories about um, pastors who have had adulterous relationships, who have um, uh, covered up sex scandals, etc. And this is in the church. I mean, from youth pastors on up to seasoned pastors, this is this is a real thing. And this is not something that we need in the church. The, the, the world has, has pimped and prostituted our women and young ladies enough. The church need not be a place that fits into that same category.
So finally, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7 says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Two, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. So just one and two saying, first of all, if you desire to be a, a bishop, and it's a good thing, you're desiring a good thing. But, he, but the wonderful thing about God is he just doesn't leave us wondering, okay, well, can I just take it from here? No, he, he, he clearly details how we need to live our lives as believers. And this is what we need to be looking at as people made in God's image for looking for those who are, are looking for a church, etc. And the decision that you're going to make to to become a part of that fold. These are some things that you consider you should consider. Um, when looking at a church and these are some things that y you, you really can't hide you know eventually if your heart is really not pure if you have a wicked side to you meaning that you you're you're trying to be a nice person but you really don't like people or you really are seeking to to be unfaithful you're seeking to be uh, manipulative that that's going to come out at some point so verse 2 says a bishop then must be blameless so there's a track record to the the life of this man who desires to be the, uh, a bishop the husband of one wife this right here kills the whole women conversation uh, for women being pastors in the church there's no way around this there's no scripture that you can give that will validate um, women pastors in the church a bishop then must be blameless, the meaning he doesn't have a reputation for being corrupt, wrong, right? Just out there wilding. <laughs> the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, meaning not drunk, of good behavior, given to hospitality, able to teach. Three, not given to wine, not striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, money, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth his house his own house ruleth well his own house so basically you can look at the life of a man and look at his family which i've heard it called it, uh, a man's family is his report card for how he's doing in terms of raising his family and being with his wife and uh, being a husband to his wife and a father to his daughter and his sons that will tell you right there if if that's a good pastor or not if you have a pastor and there are many stories where pastors spend more time with the church people than they do their own families that mm, that's out of order and that's contrary to what scripture says one that ruled his own house well if you ruling your house well then you understand that there has to be a balance and that your wife and your children are your first priority right see how god does that he shows that look if you can take care of your own house then 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 you can be in charge of the house of the lord one that rules his ruleth well his own house having his children in subjection with all gravity for if a man verse 5 is the confirmation if a man know not how to rule his own house how shall he take care of the church of god so again if you are at and you can this is your litmus test right here if you are at a ministry and the, the, the man of god's house is out of order there's a problem here there's a problem here and it and it's going to be his approach because as the man, you have the authority, as it says, one that rule. If you're ruling the house, you have the ability to have your house in order. But if you are not tending to your house, then it's going to be out of order. 
Six, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of a devil. Novice being amateurish. Seven, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So you got to have a good reputation. And you have a good you have a good reputation if you fall in line with all these things. And it's it's kind of cut and dry. If you if you accept what the scriptures say, then you you can't lose. Really, you can't. So these are just some things that uh, I wanted to share with you with regarding to opening a ministry. I want to do one on um, business because it's it's. It's some, some it's a it's a whole host of similarities and and here's the thing, um, as a believer, as a man of faith, um, I found that how I live my life as a man of God is across the board for everything of how I do. I don't respond differently to a a quote unquote church situation that I would a quote unquote uh, business or or worldly situation because if God is the head of my life and he is then I'm going to respond in a way that brings the kingdom of God glory and I can't do I can't have two different methods of responding to tests and trials because if I'm being led by the spirit of God then I respond based upon what the spirit of God is instructing me uh, what I've read in his word what he's what revelation God has given me based on my studying and prayer time etc so to God be the glory for those who are looking to open a ministry, then, hey, these are these are just a few things. As I said, it's, it's not an exhaustive list of every single thing that's important because there are I just wanted to give you a, a, a bird's eye view. Right. Because there are more even in those things that I gave you, uh, there are um, <laughs> a whole host of detailed things underneath that need to be done. Right. You need to have things in your name. If you have a lease and you want to go with the city, um, you have to actually have a permit to to operate your church within the city limits of whichever city you're in. Um, so that's another pro uh, process, which means you have to show paperwork showing that you either have a lease or you're owning the building. I mean, but if you're if I think if you're leasing a, a already existing, then that church already has a permit to operate within the city. So that that one thing you might not have to worry about. Um, but anyway, it's it's a super side, exciting um, time in life for me, and I'm I'm just grateful that God has given me an opportunity, my family and I, um, to <clears throat> prepare. This is the day ministries. Um, aside from just the the building things and the, the preparation of the building, it it is a it's a long process. I mean, depending upon what is actually on your to do list, you know, it's going to vary based upon the the condition of the building, right? If you walk into something that's completely done, then, hey, you just have to get some some names switched out and some, you know, dates and you're good to go. But if you have to do any type of repair, remodel, et cetera, then, of course, that's going to play into when you actually can begin. But again, I'm super excited. Everything in God's timing. And I look forward to you being in the place. God bless you. This is the day.